Amen. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Jesus once took some disciples as he went a distance to pray and he just said, tarry with me for just one hour. Just one hour. I'm not asking for an hour. I'm not asking for an hour. I'm not going to tell you how long I'm asking. But just tarry with me. Do better than what the disciples did. He came back in one hour and they were knocked out sleep. Oh, but it's going to be all right. I want to echo what Brother Foster said to the ladies who prepared the uh, food and organized everything. Boy, I tell you, for us who have been out of, out of service for a couple of years, y'all ran that thing, boy, like Piccadilly or Ryan Statehouse or Golden Corral. Went smooth today. Everybody I talked to said they had plenty to eat. Now, if you didn't, if you didn't, that's your fault. That's your fault. But thank you so much for your commitment and dedication and uh, I just foresee things only getting better and smoother. Amen. And uh, like I said, the whole purpose when we first started that was for people to get to know each other. Amen. You could sit and talk to each other, not just throw your hand up and keep going. And you can actually sit and talk, get to know a person, get to find out, you know, maybe some things they're going through and they're hurting about and you know what? You may have been through it. Or you just may be that person that day to lend an ear to listen. Amen. Folks, we're family. Amen. And you know what? That's the beauty of the first century church. They were all in one accord. They loved one another. They were there for one another. And you know what? Whenever persecution came, they supported one another. They supported the gospel. They supported the gospel. I know, you know, you could talk. I told Brother Bobby, you could preach or talk till you're blue in the face. Some folks just going to leave, and that's just the truth. But you know what? That doesn't stop the show. It does not stop the show. And I'm not saying that to be mean-spirited, but you know what? Heaven, if, if, if some people were actually able to make it to heaven, I say it all the time, heaven would be hell for them. Because, see... Now it's the time for us to prove ourselves and to come together as a family, as the church. Man, what, what are you going to say if you got to heaven and you, you, you in your room and everybody's going to, to worship and to sing at the throne to glorify God? What you going to say? I don't want to be around y'all today. <laughs> but. That's why I say, if it were possible, we don't have to worry about anything like that happening in heaven. Because, see, it's God who knows the heart. And if the church is a task for you down here, if glorifying God and worshiping God and and offering yourself to encourage others and thinking more of others than yourself is trouble down here. Heaven isn't the place for you. Heaven just would not be the place for you. So I got that out of the way and I want to move on to something. I, I'm switching my lesson from what I started to do. The other night on the uh, evening inspiration, 
I've talked about two passages of scriptures. One is found in Colossians chapter four and 14. And the other one is found in Second Timothy. Uh, let me make sure I get it right. Second Timothy four and ten. In Colossians four and fourteen, it said, "Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas, greet you." This is one of those epistles. Paul was still in prison, and he wrote, and it was being disseminated and and read, but. What stands out in this one scripture right here? Who does he mention? He mentions Luke, right? We know about Luke, right? And he mentions demons. He said, they greet you. So evidently, we know that Luke was a faithful servant. Demas apparently assisting and working with Luke, you know, is a faithful servant. For the gospel, doing the work. But something caught my attention when I was studying and just reading through the Bible one day. Second Timothy chapter four and verse 10. This chapter brings about that climax toward Paul bringing his life to an end. Second Timothy chapter four and verse 10 well, I back up the nine. It said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. Christians to Galatia, Titus to Demothia. Now, what did Demas do? Wait a minute. Over in Colossians. Luke, the great physician, right? And Demas, what? Salute you. They greet you. Somewhere along the course in life, our brother Demas got distracted. Somewhere along the course of life, he got distracted. Because now we read, Paul said, Demas has forsaken me. Now, it doesn't go into particular detail what happened, but forsaken means to abandon, to turn away. He's no longer a part of what he was a part of. And what he was a part of was the preaching and the teaching and the spreading and supporting of the gospel. But Paul said, He's no longer with me. He has forsaken me. How can that happen? How can it happen, folks? I stand firm and believe in folks. You know what? I don't I don't care how strong you think you are in the word. The devil is stronger. The devil has power. And the devil has some cunning, cunning and crafty ways of getting your attention. Now, just picture this for a moment. Can you imagine today if the Apostle Paul, what we read about him, what we know about him and everything, 
if you had the opportunity to labor with him, to go out evangelizing with him and everything, man, his, his influence couldn't help but spill over onto you. To, to see him debate and deal with people and, and go back and forth, man, I'm convinced his influence would have an impact on you if you went around him. Demas was around him. But what happened? Satan is always laying traps. And let me tell you, Satan knows what buttons to push. And when he pushed those buttons, you better be prepared to get that much closer to the Lord. Sin is no joke, folks. Sin is no joke and is nothing to play with. I don't know what the distraction was. Could have been a woman. Could have been a man. All I know, he said, the cares of this world got him. And guess what? It caused him to have a change of heart about the spreading of the gospel. How can that be when your heart is not in love with what it should be in love with? You will turn your back on God. We're commanded love not the world, neither the things that are what? In the world, right? And what did Paul identify about Demas? For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. It was something. Something had a grip on him. And not only did it have a grip on him, it pulled him. It pulled him. That's why we're commanded. Flee fornication. Run. There, look, avoid the appearance of evil. You don't play with fire. Remember growing up, your parents always said, don't play with, don't play with matches, don't play with fire. Well, how many times did I hear that? And how many times did I burn stuff down? How many times I got beat? <laughs> they said, don't play with that because you know what? That fire could grow into something very destructive. Sin is the same way, folks. He, he labored with Paul. And now Paul, coming to the close of his life, he declares and said, he's no longer with me. I can hear him say, I don't know where he is. This present world, something in this world got a hold to him. And I sit, when I read this, I, I just, this is just me thinking. This is just me thinking. Was it a, all of a sudden departure? Or did he just start hitting and missing? Did he just start being late for something? And did he start making excuses why he didn't follow through on something? Well, I can only guess. But what I do know from the word of God is. He departed the faith. 
And it was something he fell in love with in this world. That caused him not to just turn his back on Paul. He turned his back on God. How is that possible? Sin, folks. Sin. And we need to recognize it for what it is. You don't play with it. You don't underestimate it. You don't, you don't, you don't, you just don't play with sin. Sin is the reason why men, we have to work today. Sin is the reason why women, you have trouble, you have pain when you have babies. Sin. Sin is the reason we know good from evil. We could have been living our life only knowing what is good. But sin. Sin opened our eyes and made us wish we were blind. Folks. I'm not preaching to lift up sin. I'm lift, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to warn you about it. It's powerful. And Satan knows how to package it. You know, a sermon long ago, I said, if, if we really looked at sin in its true form and picture, it's a nasty sight. Like the dog returning to his own vomit, right? But Satan is crafty. Satan don't package sin looking like that. Satan packaged sin in a fine body. That a woman is walking out there in. A fine physique some man is strutting around in. He packaged sin in dirty commercials and movies. Any and everything that's going to appeal to your flesh. To arouse you and to excite you. Not in the spiritual sense, but in the carnal sense. Oh, don't believe that vomit story. This is something that will make you feel good. And you know what? You can't lie and say sin doesn't make you feel good. It does. You'll be condemned about it. But if sin had no influence or persuasion, why is it we're always fighting Against it. Why are we always caught up in it? It took demons away. And it's just amazing. One epistle. Him and Luke. They greet you. You think. Do you think Paul would have penciled something. To tell an unfaithful. Person. To do salutations? No. Paul may be the writer, but all scripture is what? Given by inspiration of who? God. I believe his heart was right over in Colossians. Something happened down the road. Mm -hmm. 
Something happened down the road. And we must be on God. That's all I'm saying this evening. We must be on God about that adversary. And let me tell you, he can affect you in such a subtle way. You may say, I'm not worrying about the devil. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not going to turn my back on God. I'm not. See, those are the same words that rouse him up and will cause him to jump on your back. Oh, you say you're not going to do this? Let's see. See, God didn't have to. Look, Job didn't go around bragging. But God chose to put Job out there to say, have you considered my servant Job? We don't need to brag. We need to just grow faithful. To be on the lookout for one another, to help one another. Because Satan is, oh, he's knocking at some doors, folks. You may, you may not be able to see it until you're gone. You don't even want to acknowledge that, hey, I'm not as faithful in my attendance as I used to be. You, you got some excuse for everything. But when the truth of the matter be told, no, you're getting ready to leave. It can happen, folks. It can happen. Because, see, the more you stray away, the more comfortable you become. It doesn't condemn your conscience as much. And the more you keep continue to do it, it doesn't bother you at all. And the next thing you know, we're asking around. Whatever happened to... I thought they were fake. They used to be. They used to be. Demons used to be. But there's an adversary. Seeking whom he may devour. That tells me he has an appetite. He has an appetite. The adversary as a what? As a roaring what? Lying. You all seen some of the nature programs. Man, ain't nothing like a hungry lion or a pack of lions. I love those shows. And I sat there one night and I said, man, you know, there are just certain animals. You just know lions will not bother. But that night I saw lions attack a zebra, a full grown zebra. You might not know, but a zebra has a kick. One kick can kill a lion. One kick. And then you stop and think, their neck is so long and everything. What can a lion do? But see, this pack of lions was so hungry. They were so hungry. They even went out in the water after a hippopotamus. And you don't stand a chance with a hippo on dry land. Not to mention in the water. But they were so hungry. They went out in the water after that hippopotamus. The hippo won. But my point is this. The Bible said, our adversary like a roaring lion. 
a lion is roaring because you know what? He's hungry. He don't roar to let you know I'm full. A lion start roaring, he let you know, I'm getting ready to get on the prowl, baby. Stand by. I'm coming at you. And the Bible said, our adversary. Just like that. You think he won't bother you? You may be at the top of his list. Don't be like Demas. Don't be like Demas. You sit here today and say, oh, that, that won't happen to me. Oh, man, if I could just count the number of people who claim they love the Lord so much since this congregation started, who are no longer faithful in the body. Paul said, the love of this world. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in this world is what? Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. And these are not of the Father. Remember demons. Don't be a demons. Amen? Amen. Folks, let's look out for one another. Let's protect one another. We need one another. I know the most important, we we need the Lord. But the Lord's family is designed that we should look out for each other. That first century church, through through the persecution and the trouble they went through, how in the world can you grow under attack? Because they care for one another. Let us show that love. The scripture said by this men will know that we are his disciples, right? By what? By the love we have for one another. For one another. Do we have that love? We might have some. Can it get better? Absolutely. What's the, what's the plan on, on improving it? Well, we started back today. The fellowship meal. Even the sisters in there preparing the food. You know what? They can grow a closeness to one another. We could promote Fellowship. Fellowship played a very critical role in the first century church. Fellowship plays the same critical role with us. We can't grow closer together if we don't want to be around each other. Encourage those who don't stay. Just tell them, hey, just give it a try. What else you doing on Sunday that's so critical you need to go? You got some worldly family you need to run home to? Some worldly cousins you need to go out hang out at the park with? You got some, you got some worldly folks that need to come over to your house with the beer and the liquor? 
Evidently, something became so urgent in demons like, guess what? He left. Don't be a demon. And encourage your brothers and sisters the same thing. Man, look, it don't get better than this. Except for when you close your eyes in death and make it to heaven. We have something special here. I'm not trying to brag or boast. We have something special at Locust Grove. I talk to people who have left or moved to other states or other places, whatever. And, you know, the first thing they always mention when when I talk to them, well, I show Mr. Grove. Yeah, I understand. Sometimes you don't miss your good thing till it's gone. But the reason why we have something so special is not because of us. It's because of how God blesses us. When you, when you put God first in everything you do, it can't help but turn out right. And that's what we strive to do here. Encourage your brothers and sisters to hang around. You might save their soul from hell's damnation for what they're running out there to go do. You got, oh, even when we dismiss today, you're still going to have, what, about six hours, seven hours of sunlight left. Still got time to go to the park if that's where you need to go. Some, some parks you don't need to go to. Amen. Not if you're going for the same reason I used to go. Got 17 acres of land around here. Sit around here. Open fields, pavilion, everything. You don't need to hang around these folks driving around. You don't know who's going to start shooting. Encourage one another. Remember Demas, okay? Foster, what's our song, Foster? 598. 598 is our invitation song. If you're here today and you want to put Christ on in baptism, be saved. Bible teacher, one must hear the gospel, must believe it, must repent, confess Christ to be the son of God, be baptized for the remission of their sin. Live faithful unto death. Don't be distracted. Stay close to the Lord and don't believe a lie the devil is going to tell you. For us who are members of the body, folks, you know the rules. You can't serve two masters. You have to make up your mind. God woke you up this morning with a purpose. Do you understand your purpose? Do you understand why he woke you up? Was it to get something right in your life or was it to command you to keep encouraging and doing the great work that you're doing? I don't know. You have to answer that. But if there's something you need to get right, today would be the day to do it. Because tomorrow ain't promised. Don't buy the lie of the devil telling you you got time. 
the sun haven't set this evening, but you know what? Many won't see the sunset today. God's will will be done. And whether you're ready or not, when your time comes, you're leaving here. You're leaving here. Wouldn't it just make sense to be ready? You said 598? 598 is the invitation song. That's my lesson. Let us together stand. Thank you so much. I want